Welcome to the Introvertpreneur Podcast. Take a breath because you are in the right place and you can finally stop apologizing for being an introvert. I'm Tara and I've discovered how to thrive as an entrepreneur while being 100% true to myself. Now I want to help you do the same. In these episodes, you're going to find everything you need to build a successful service-based business so you can stop competing with extroverts and grow and market your business with ease. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Introvertpreneur Podcast. My special guest today is Michelle White, who is a chief etiquette officer, and she empowers service providers to successfully navigate the people parts of business. I love that statement. I know this is going to be a really good episode for all of my fellow introverts, and I love that Michelle wants to create and craft more spaces where souls connect, conversations flow, and everyone can embrace their true selves. So welcome. I'm so excited you are here. Hello, hello. I have been really looking forward to this conversation. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I know it's going to be a good one. So I would love for you to share a little bit about your story and kind of how you got started. And I'd I love the chief etiquette officer title. I think that is so essential, especially I think we can definitely talk about it too in terms of like introverts who maybe when it comes to etiquette, we might be a little bit more feel like we're awkward or like not very social naturally <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I'd love to hear more about you and your story. Sure. Well, hello again to everyone. I am Michelle A. White. I am also known as the Empress of Etiquette. I originally started out probably, I think it's been 19 years ago, as a events planner. Uh, so I've done a million weddings, working with lots of people from various backgrounds, and really got nerdy into relationships, which brought me to the business etiquette side of things, which is all about connecting with people and making sure those connections are deeper. And so I realized there was a real big gap in entrepreneurship in terms of developing those social and relationship building skills. And so that's what I set out to help my clients and my members do without feeling fake or phony. I think that is really key in knowing that you can show up as your authentic self, love your awkward, love your weird, and still be really powerful and impactful in the entrepreneurial space. I love that so much. I, you would probably, I love that you went from like events and that moved into the the people at the event and like the relationships and the networking side of it. Yes, it's, a, it's an entire process because building an event is a lot of moving people parts. And so getting to see different perspectives, different how feelings and perspective plays a part from the event team side of things to the personal and family side of things. I really started to make connections on how to navigate that successfully. And I really attribute a lot of that to how successful I was as an event planner, being able to navigate and merge together the, the back-end business side with the people production side. So it's never been a, a dull or boring day for sure. That's awesome. So I'm I'm curious to start off with like, what do you think? I'm thinking about like me 
many years ago. Like I, I was definitely, I felt like I did not have very good social skills. Um, so I would never make the first like contact with anybody. Like everyone had to talk to me first. <laughs> like, what is it? What is something that we can do to maybe start taking that initiative and like have that confidence in our skills to to do, make that first move? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And first, let me say, if you identify with that, you're not alone, right? And it's more so what I recommend is a mindset shift. And that that takes time, right? You've got to embody being an introvert as a strength. And that means that you just take your time and are very intentional about the way you spend your time and your energy and who you spend your time and energy with. It's okay that everything isn't for you, but you do kind of have to take that pressure off yourself of being awkward or feeling out of place because you don't feel naturally skilled with dealing with and communicating with people doesn't mean that you can't get better to improve those skills. I love that because I feel like so many times we look at like the the typical social butterfly who is like flitting from one conversation to the next. And, but I love that you said like being an introvert is a strength. Like we're usually really good listeners. We have more so like we can connect on a deeper level. So even For though sure. we're not like, maybe we're not having as many conversations as the social butterfly or making as many connections, the ones that we are going to make are deeper and more real. Absolutely. I think it is definitely one of the things that has helped me be successful long term are those connections. And when you see me, you wouldn't know it. I'm an introvert, too. So I can talk and socialize and then I don't want to talk to anybody for three <laughs> days. So protecting your energy and honoring yourself is one of those things that you have to learn to navigate and balance. But you absolutely can have conversation, develop those social skills, and still have your quiet and alone time. I love that you said that because I feel like so many times we're told like, oh, you just have to push yourself. You just have to like pretend to be more outgoing or like force yourself and it doesn't come off as authentic. <laughs> it doesn't. And because it comes from a place of fear, don't fake fine. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. <laughs> no fake fine. Like it's okay to grant yourself grace and grow as you go. Sometimes showing up in the room or in a new space is the win. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to connect or talk to anyone. You set the goals in which you need to achieve and just pushing yourself a little bit is enough. Having courage in different ways is enough. It's going to take time, especially if you really don't feel comfortable with, let's face it, strangers. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. And it's totally normal. They aren't people we would normally spend our time and our energy on. But we are also CEOs and we know it is valuable and critically important to be able to expand our network because at the end of every goal is a person or relationship that we have to establish, nurture, or maintain a relationship with. That's just doing business as social. Mm -hmm. I think too, I find for me, it's almost important for me to 
like manage the um, environments. Like I was at a small like in-person retreat at the beginning of November and my sister-in-law came with me and she actually said when we were on our way home, she's like, I heard you talk more this weekend than I've ever heard you talk. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, it was because it was a smaller group. It was a really comfortable environment. And like, if that was a big conference with like a thousand people, I would have not had the same like level of connection. So I think it's also like the environment that you put yourself in. Like it doesn't have to be huge rooms because that can be a little uncomfortable and terrifying (laughs) for a lot of people. It can be daunting, right? Mm -hmm. And downright scary, but I like to call it strategic networking, right? Every networking event that you go to doesn't have to be large and filled with tons of people. If you are extremely introverted or if you really aren't comfortable with people and sort of those social and business social settings, be more strategic about the types of events you seek out, you are in control here. So you can Mm -hmm. work to find more intimate and small gatherings to just start to test out and see how you feel, see how you do, see how you're managing your time. That's that's a real thing, Tara. I don't think people give themselves enough credit for being able to schedule downtime. You can Mm -hmm. schedule downtime in the middle of event. You can schedule it on the front end or the back end. Again, you are the chief etiquette officer of your business, Mm -hmm. so you decide what works best for you. But it isn't a weakness and it isn't a negative thing to be able to protect your time and energy. It's all in how you show up, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important for you to be able to go, I'm going to talk to one person and then I'm going to step outside for 10 minutes, recoup my energy, come back in and try again. You are going to be more likely to one, reach whatever goal you set for yourself. And you're probably going to start to hate networking events a little (laughs) less when you plan on protecting your time and your energy. I love that. Yeah. Cause I I actually did that the last day. I was like, okay, I've just, I'm, I'm almost, I'm feeling like uneasy now. And I've been so comfortable. Like, I'm just going to step out for the session. Just like have a, like they had coffee and like cookies and snacks set up outside the the conference. So I was like, I'm just going to go out there. I'm going to sit. I'm going to just have a mental moment to myself and then I'll go back in and I'll be good. But if I had forced myself to just ignore mm-hmm. that and just the, the rest of that last day would have, I wouldn't have been able to show up with for the rest of the sessions with the same kind of energy if I didn't give myself that space. For sure. And you've got to get rid of FOMO. You've got to not feel like you're missing out. I really think the key to most things I say is preparation and planning. And that is because if you know you're going, there are very few networking events that are last minute or surprise. You got to sign up. You have to intentionally get dressed. You have to then drive and show up. Like it's not by accident. So It's okay to prepare for the event, to understand what the time constraints are, to maybe dive into maybe what the structure is so you know where you can take your breaks or where you need to recoup your energy. You can prepare for like the attendees and know who's going to be in the room so you know what types of conversations that you're going to be likely to have. 
you preparing makes a huge difference in kind of taking down that fear factor and taking off the pressure to perform, really, for lack of a better word. Yeah. I think sometimes we get in our heads a little bit too about like taking time for ourselves. Cause I know even like, if I think back to it, I was like, when I was deciding like, okay, I I really need to step away just for a little bit. I was like, oh, but the speaker of the next session, she's going to be upset with me because I'm not there. Like I want to respect the speakers and that kind of thinking can get in your, in your way of taking care of yourself. But I do love that at the, for anyone like at these events, like at the very beginning, like the very first moment of that event, they were like, everything we're going to be talking about, every session, everything we're doing, it's an invitation. Mm. You don't have to accept every invitation. I was like, Mm. I love that. (laughs) And didn't it feel like a big sigh of relief, right? Having that permission. Yeah. Well, you have it every day now, right? Mm -hmm. You and I talking, we're telling everybody you have permission to do what you need to do, to take what you need to take, to be your best and most truest self in these in these environments, because that's how you're going to not only just make the introduction, but build that trust over time of being who you say you are and doing what you say you will do. And not taking on too much is a really big part of that. So taking off that pressure in those types of environments is really helpful. When I network, I have now learned, well, once upon a time, of course, you feel like you have to work the room. I need to, Mm -hmm. you know, shake hands and kiss babies, right? (laughs) It finally dawned on me. It was just like, I don't need everybody in the room. I need three solid people to be able to follow up with and connect with or to be more curious and learn about their businesses. If I hit three, everything else is a bonus. And so then I started to be able to really kind of ask deeper questions or ask more interesting questions that got me to know somebody on more of a human level than necessarily just trying to meet everyone in the room. It doesn't serve me long term. And finally, it was just like, you know what? I get to make the adjustment for what I need. Everyone's goal at a networking event is different. And yours doesn't have to be or look like anybody else's. That is such a good point. Yeah, because I've I've seen like, um, have you seen like the speed networking things? I'm always like, I am nerdy excited <laughs> about that. Yes, <laughs> it's a it's a good way to like get comfortable. But I feel like I want to have like deeper conversations than I can in like a quicker time period. Yeah. But it is it is good for meeting like, um, like a lot of different, like, cause everyone is different. Everyone has a different personality and like getting comfortable showing up as the true you, I feel like. For sure. I think speed networking can serve a lot of purposes, right? It can be an opportunity just to practice that elevator pitch. Like you don't have to want anything more from it than just to practice that over and over and over. Because where else do you get that much practice in that amount of time? For Mm -hmm. other people, is a very closed circuit to be able to say, okay, I've got to do this for 30 minutes and then I'm done. So for some, it's like a time and a bandwidth thing. Mm -hmm. For others, you may find a little more fun in it because if you're nervous about meeting people, you're not stuck with anybody for a long period of time. You don't have to make an introduction. You don't have to worry about exiting a conversation. 
So it can be a good type of event for a lot of different reasons, just depending on what you need to work on. Can we talk about exiting a conversation? Because that's something that I've always struggled with. I'm like, I don't know how to navigate that. Yeah. And it feels awkward. (laughs) It does. It does. It can. I always like to advise a couple different things. One, again, in just kind of taking some of the mystique off of what it means to network and, and meeting new people and being in a room with strangers, right? At networking events, no one's there to monopolize your time. So exiting a conversation is 100% a normal thing to do. You are not being rude. You are not being the awkward one. But what I often recommend is thanking the person for their time and saying either I don't want to hold you up from being able to meet more people in the room or I want to make sure that I don't just, you know, talk to one person. I'm really trying to push myself. So I'm going to move on to a couple other conversations. That's all that needs to be said. So it's, It's one of those where it's just like, okay, oh my gosh, it was so great to talk to you. Thank you for talking to me. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, try my hand at speaking to someone else, but it was wonderful getting this, you know, first introduction to you. If you feel like it's a more right fit for you, then you can say, hey, let's follow up before we part ways to continue working the room. But no one's there to monopolize your time. So it's perfectly okay to either give them the out for the conversation because you're being so courteous to let them go talk Mm -hmm. to others. Or you can protect that for yourself. If you know you're going to meet three people and you're leaving, that's also an excuse to be able (laughs) to continue moving around the room. It's totally fine. That sounds so easy when you say it, but I know (laughs) that's always been the awkward part for me is just like... Just getting those words out and and not being like really awkward with it. And it takes practice. Yeah, that's true. It does. If you don't begin trying it, then you won't know if you can really develop a comfort with it. But a lot of the times saying it out loud that first time and seeing someone else goes, oh, yeah, great. okay," and move on then that pressure no longer exists in your head. Like you said earlier, a lot of the things that we are fearful and afraid of live in our head, but haven't necessarily Mm -hmm. actually happened in real life. And so the more you practice, like I said, you don't have to feel naturally apt at it to, to be better and improve at it, but you do have to try. That is, yeah, we are in our heads so much. Like the, the, not just like the things that we think might happen or like even feeling awkward. Like I met someone at that event and I felt like I was super awkward and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is somebody who I've known like in the online space, kind of, we've never actually talked one-to-one, but like I'm on her email list, she's on mine, like, and we met at this event and I was like, oh, that was so awkward and she's going to hate me now. And it wasn't that awkward. I was just like, it was, it was fine. It was We tend to be very much courteous and conscious of what others think. And that can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing. But because I meet and work with so many different peoples, I'll let you in on a little secret. Extroverts have the same questions and fears that that introverts have when it comes to networking. Extroverts, in a very caring way, 
don't want anyone to feel left out, but then also realize that they can feel awkward because they feel like they're monopolizing or dominating the conversation. The intention is to make sure that someone else feels included and that no one feels like they left being unseen or unheard, right? But somewhere along their journey in life and entrepreneurship, they were told they were too much, too extra. And so everyone says, dial it down. Introverts, everyone says, ramp it up. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do either. I don't want extroverts trying to be introverts and I don't want introverts trying to be extroverts. I want you to choose a skill in which you can improve it and work on that, right? Just do that thing. If you are quiet, if you're demure, if you are a few words, you got to find the way in which networking works for you. And that isn't always in a big ballroom with small plates, cheese and crackers, right? For some, that is coffee chats online or one-to-one meetups. You can network in a variety of ways. There is no one-size-fits-all. There is no set it and forget it. There is no blanket for how to do this or what this should look like. I love that. Yeah, I've been doing uh, monthly kind of like coffee chats. Like I send out to my email list, um, like I have three or four spots per month and you can grab one and we're just going to connect and casually have a, I call them candid convos. I love that. And because I found that I I really love the one-to-one like connection. I feel like we can go deeper and and virtually it's not as like terrifying as walking into a room of like a hundred people. <laughs> and yes, yeah, it's just, and, and I think it's, would you say to, for people to like, w- when you're figuring out like how what networking is going to look like for you to just try different things and see how it feels to kind of figure out like what your authentic like networking environments and path is? I think you have to because different environments, different circles provide different needs for your business. So the thing is, is that when you're starting out and you just want to work on making the introduction, Maybe you just want to work on following up, right? Different events are going to serve different purposes. If you want education and community, you might be going to more of like a conference style event versus like something at your local, you know, restaurant that's for an hour. It serves so many different purposes that you are allowed to grow and you are allowed to figure out what works for you. And to do that, you have to try different things. You have to try different styles to be able to know where you're comfortable and where you want to set new goals to push yourself. That is so true. I I have to ask about this because I I saw this on your Instagram and oh gosh. I loved it so much. So I had it open in a tab because I wanted to make sure I brought this up. So you have a quote that says, we can't grow in isolation. It's through mm. collaboration and learning from others that we can expand our horizons. And I love that. And I feel like, especially as introverted online business owners, we do tend to isolate ourselves because while we do maybe love connecting, we have to do it. Like we have to be more intentional with it. And sometimes we can fall into that, like working from home, isolated bubble. <laughs> yes. And like, I can relate to that. Like sometimes you know, we we do like being by ourselves, but I think we do, it is true, like collabs are so important. Learning and connecting with other people is so important. 
especially if you're running an online business from home where you are kind of typically already kind of isolated. It's very difficult to grow without the people and perspectives of others. Like exactly what you're explaining, there are more online business owners that do work from home and that feels wonderful a lot of times as an introvert because we like what we like. We like the way in which we like it. You know, we like it with who we like it, but that can also be limiting for our growth, right? And so I know it is controversial, but you will stunt your growth if you don't have these opportunities. Now, that doesn't have to be every week. It doesn't have to be every month, but you do have to be intentional about trying out new methods and new ways to engage because your business depends on it. So I understand personal preference, right? But your business depends on it. And so you do have to boss up sometimes and do things that don't automatically feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I hated bookkeeping and numbers originally, which sounds crazy when you started. Oh, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. But I had to learn, right? Even if it's the basics before I passed it on to someone else, I had to know and get comfortable with the numbers of my business so that I could understand the wholeness and the totality of what I had going on. You might not love social media and that's fine, but there are other ways to market and advertise. So we do have to push ourselves a little bit if we want to achieve sustainability and long-term success in this entrepreneurial game. I love that too. Yeah, especially because I feel like um like if we're talking about service providers, personal brands, like you have to build connections in order to get clients and make money in your business. Like people, especially service providers, because I like I don't want to hire a robot. Like I want to hire a human being. <laughs> they like I, I know that, you know, there's probably a lot of options for who could do like a service really well, it really comes down to who the person is and how like well we're able to connect and mesh together. All day long, 100% people do business with people they like. And so uh, really, if you think about it in terms of our business operations, marketing and advertising is for increasing your know. You're trying to get your name out there, right? You're trying to get people to know who you are and how you serve. When you get into like, That's your personal and your organizational brand. That's that cohesive look that people are going to have, that experience that they can come to know, whether you promote, you know, your dogs or like yourself being an introvert, you're looking for ways to connect on a more human level. You're trying to set yourself apart, right? When it comes to execution, that's really those people parts. That's your clients. Clients who have a great experience become word of mouth referrals collaborations and those partners that you work with become referral partners. All of these things lead to the coins in your account, but you can't do it without a relationship with people. That's so true. And I think that scares a lot of introverts at first when we hear that. But, and I know for me particular, like when I first started my business, I wasn't, I didn't have the impression that I could be myself. I felt like I had to force myself to be more outgoing and more bubbly and louder. Um, And that's just not the case because the people who I would really like mesh with would not connect with that if I was trying to be somebody else. 
So I would attract clients who weren't a fit, like personality wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a big thing. And I'll, I'll say this, I know I'm throwing out a lot of controversial things today, <laughs> but that's sort of the key piece to etiquette, understanding perspectives and personas. Granted, we do want to work and attract to people who are more like us, but you also have to be prepared and have a know-how of navigating people who aren't. Because someone asks more questions doesn't mean that you didn't do a good job. It just means they have more questions, right? So we've got to learn to take things professionally and not personally. We've got to be able to look at it from a business sense of there's just a client with a few more questions, which could really build our FAQs. We've got to start looking at different situations and scenarios, which initially feel really uncomfortable and personal as growing pains and growth moments in our business. It's normal. You are normal. These fears are normal. And it's really important for you to realize you don't have to take it on all at once, right? One thing, one step, one try. That's all you got to do, right? You don't have to take on everything at one time. Pick one lane, take one action step forward, and then just try. That's it. And then rinse and repeat, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I love that makes it so much easier too. Because I think we're if we're like, Oh, like next year, I want to focus more on networking and like connecting with more people in person. That just feels like a lot. But if you were to say like, I'm going to go to one networking event every month or every other month, or like maybe one month is in person, one month is a virtual, like that makes it so much easier. And it feels more doable. And when it feels doable, you will then do it, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Yes. So it's just like you get to set those rules. Wanting to, you know, do more networking in 24 doesn't mean having to be out of the house or in, you know, in-person events the entire. It could be inviting one person to a coffee chat every month. You can start small and flow and grow from there. That person may introduce you to someone else, another coffee chat, with you having not to do, you know, much of the heavy lifting. And so you can still grow and expand your network without the heavy lifting of what we believe networking is. I want to throw it out there. Networking is relational and not transactional. And so for a lot of introverts, we've kind of been groomed to believe in the old school way of thought and business was, again, if you go back to those old business card days, you had to get it in as many people's hands as possible. That's not the way we do business anymore these days. And that's not how small businesses and entrepreneurs and online entrepreneurs operate. So it's okay to find a new flow that's more effective for you. We run life first businesses now. What works well with your life and your business? You're looking for the balance of the win-win. And that doesn't have to look like someone else. I love that. Yeah, not having like such rigid expectations on the connections Mm -hmm. that you're making. Like I've done, I think, three or four months of the Candid Convos now. And like I have one person that booked them that I would now consider like a business bestie. 
Um, and that's nice. where we first connected. I've had a couple where they either like reached out a couple months later, like, hey, this person contacted me and is interested in SEO. And I thought of you when oh, I've done the same, like, oh, this person in my membership just mentioned this. And I know that you'd focus on like, this is your area of expertise. Like, just want to put you two in touch. It's that kind of little, little things like you can't really measure it as like a return on investment as like a conversion rate. It's, it's more fluid and natural than that. And like you said, not, not transactional. I love that you said not transactional. That's, I, that's really powerful way to look at it. Yeah. Well, I, I would challenge or counter to say that you can look at it as ROI, just look at it as a relationship investment, mm -hmm. right? So it is, and relationships investments are what turn into revenue investments. So like you say, having those consistent coffee chats, letting somebody really see who you are behind the words is what led to a referral, right? Or a new connection. Those are extensions of revenue. Those are returns on that investment of the introduction, right? So it just looks different. And we sometimes have to open up and remix our thoughts on what revenue is to be able to find more value in connecting with others. I really think that is a key to kind of shifting that mindset about what networking is and can be. It all counts toward coins in your bank account. Mm -hmm. It's just a different way to approach it. Yeah. Like I, I'm thinking too, like even like the ROI, like I had one where, you know, we haven't referred anyone to each other. We haven't super stayed in contact afterwards. Um, it's it's only been like a month or two. But during that like coffee chat, she said something that really got me thinking about my business. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I had a new idea or like offer and like direction. Like it, it that's a big ROI. Like that was a free like connection that made me like, it, it was powerful and it's impactful for my business. To me, to me, that totally counts mm -hmm. because education is an investment, right? I have grown and opened up my network having pivoted to more of the business etiquette side of things versus the standard and traditional event planning side of things because I know more people in tech. Do you know how much time and money they save me by being able to ask a question and they solve it for me <laughs> rather than waiting four days for the support ticket to go through of some company, right? Everything is about moving forward efficiently. That saves me time and money. Is that not ROI, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, that way you can start to get curious and more intentional about everyone you meet. We don't necessarily have the same audiences, but we have a great rapport with one another and they can ask me an etiquette question and I can ask a tech question and we serve each other in different ways. It may not lead to a direct client, but you better believe that over time, should they come upon somebody or be in a room that I'm not and they see a need for social and relationship building skills, I will be the first person they think of. So it really is playing the long game as well. It's not sprinter or short-term strategies. This is a long-term marathon, 
method of growing your business over time. So it's okay not to throw spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. You can take your time and find and uncover your own authentic approach to things. I love that you said that because I feel like so many times we're like caught up in like the instant ROI, instant gratification that I've heard people say like, oh, I've done like, you know, this many coffee chats and it hasn't actually done anything for my business. I'm like, is that really true though? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you got to be intentional with how you spend your time. Sometimes coffee chats will take up time on your calendar because they feel comfortable to you. But if you aren't connecting deeper, if you aren't growing that relationship, then it can be just time wasted. Let me say that. Mm -hmm. So everything has to have intention and a purpose. But again, it doesn't have to be transactional. It can very much be relational. Entrepreneurship and definitely being an introvert entrepreneur can be lonely. So sometimes having a network with other people who just understand where you are and what it's like is a valuable piece of your network that won't necessarily be a client, but it is good for your mental wellness and your mental health in this space. Mm -hmm. That's a really good, powerful point too. Yeah. And I know I wanted to ask about, because I just saw this on your website. So you have a 50 conversation starters, free resource, which that's amazing. I'm definitely going to grab that. (laughs) I feel like a lot of times with introverts, it's hard for us to start the conversation. So that is amazing. I'm definitely going to grab that and we'll have that link um, in the show notes. And I'd love for you to share where people can find you, like other um, resources, ways that they can work with you. Absolutely. I always nerd out as you have so graciously put it on Instagram. So that's at the Michelle A. White. And that is always just kind of a quick scroll to see what's new and what I'm saying, you know, about social skills and relationship building uh, in business in general. I just opened the doors on my very first membership, which is super exciting. But I thought it was very important that people not only had the knowledge, but a real place to practice. And like I said, I am here for your try and I'm going to celebrate that. We won't always get everything right. And etiquette is always evolving as society and technology change around us. So must our practices for how we deal with and navigate, manage and communicate with people. And so it was really important to me to have a place that you could practice and learn these skills and these tools and find out what they mean for you and your business. So I just opened the doors on the Etiquette Evolution Academy. And of course, all are welcome. I love the name. That is awesome. Yeah, we'll have all the the links in the show notes so you can go check that out. I think this has been uh, definitely a needed conversation for myself and my fellow introverts, especially like I think the past few years and even for the future, like relationships and networking is really where where it's at for, for small business owners and service providers. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was so great to chat with you. And yeah, go check out the show notes, connect with Michelle and grab that 50 conversation starters. I'm I'm excited to go through that. <laughs> Absolutely. And any questions, I'm always just a click away. I am so delighted to be here. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you so much for joining me today. This episode may have ended, but there are ways we can stay in touch until next time. 
You can join me at thetarareed.com where you can find tons of blog posts and resources that will also help you grow your business. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at introvertcoach, where I share more introvert-friendly and service-based business tips with you. If you love what you're hearing, drop a five-star rating and review telling me what you are loving about the podcast so that I can continue to encourage as many introverted entrepreneurs as possible. Until next time, keep using your introvert superpowers.